Motown Rundown, welcome in, welcome back. We are coming to you on Wednesday, November 24th. It is the day before uh, Thanksgiving. Happy early Thanksgiving out there to all of you. It's Thanksgiving. This could this sounds stupid. And I, I think I've done this before where I've asked the question if Thanksgiving is one of those things that everyone celebrates or it's like Christmas to where you're supposed oh, yeah. to say happy Listen, holidays. Hey, Thanksgiving is a... Universal holiday. It's it's a. It's I don't a, know. It has nothing it to do with religion. So it's no, Christmas know, though. Do, pilgrims, child yeah, pilgrims. Dude, <laughs> I, this is not meaning to be like offensive or anything. Do Native Americans celebrate Thanksgiving? Like seriously, Ooh, could be I offensive. Have no idea. We need a pulse because I mean, that. like in their history, they're probably like, sweet guys. You guys had this nice little thing after you murdered like half our population. See, that's the thing. It's it's one of the all time catch twenty two is because obviously. Pilgrims come in over top, not good. But for this one day, they at least they at least sat down and were like, "Hey, there's a couple turkeys left over. If you guys want to break bread." I always look at Thanksgiving as kind of like you ever you ever read that story about I don't know if it was World War One or World War Two when on like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day the World two War sides II, stopped yeah. fighting and they like went out in no man's land and they were, you know, shaking yes. hands and whatnot. That's kind of like Thanksgiving. I believe that was Germany and the U.S. I could be completely wrong on that, but I will say this: we need we need a reliable source on the Thanksgiving thing. Otherwise, we're going to sit here and get canceled. So, does anyone have Pilgrim ancestors that yeah, we could tweet add? the show? Tweet the show. Please, Dude, yeah, please tweet us if you are if you are an ancestor of a pilgrim. I know you guys are big Christmas guys. I, yes, I, I've come to the conclusion that these like five days from Wednesday to Sunday are my favorite like days of the year. I love Thanksgiving. Well, Callens, it starts tonight. It starts tonight. I know that's what I'm saying. This is a, it's a great uh, I love these days. Yeah, me well, too. Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving is like the drop kick of of the Christmas season though. My mom has been playing Christmas music Dude. in her house for the last like 2 to 3 weeks. So, and I have it on. I have 100.3 WNIC no free ads competitor station. But I have them rolling in the car, like automatic when I get in the car. I, just because I just, I love it. Something about Unless it. Unless it's kind of acceptable now. Something, well, now we're not, see, the, the, the trick is with Thanksgiving is timing out the Christmas decorations. Because my mom has, she's got a very brief amount of time where she can go Halloween decorations. Then you got to go right to like the fall decorations. The like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Scarecrow, like friendly scarecrow, not spooky scarecrow, because you got to time that out the right way. And then I would say this weekend, I'm going to have to get the Christmas decorations out. But you got to find the right time, too, because sometimes it rains, cold. I I did it on November 1st. Next question. Wow. All right. Trent is no longer speaking to the media on on the Christmas stuff. Yeah, Um, I just just am so of the belief that, like, especially living in the... You guys are two of the biggest Christmas guys, I think I know. Oh, I love it, dude. It's the best. Dude, you got every other day of the year. Every other day of the year, I have seasonal depression, except when it's Christmas Day. Then I'm back. It's all right. Then you're. That's when I run at full force. I run at full force on Christmas Day. I'm Um, in the like phase of my life where both my like siblings are doing much better than me in life. So I feel my gift giving is like. It gives me stress. I'm like, what am I going to get him? Yeah, you're like, give me a couple of years to get my feet under me, and then I'll. No, it's not even that. It's just like. My brother is like so good at giving gifts. It's not even like about the financial part of it. It's just like 
super thoughtful. I'm like, oh, here's this hat, dude. He's like, dialed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, happy tri- Merry Christmas, man. Here's dude, I keep, hat. I keep hearing, uh, you know, obviously this like whole supply chain. I don't know if this supply chain mess is still a thing that's that's caught up with everyone with because of COVID due to COVID. Um, but it sounds like it's going to be a mess Christmas shopping this year. Like you got to get, you got to have your orders in like tomorrow for these, for some of these gifts or you're not getting anything for Christmas. Oh, I'm, I'm thing, an though, in-person but... guy. I'm an in-person guy. Oh, am I? And, and you know what? The diehards already are going to do that anyways, Rabs. So I think, I think Christmas will go on. We will save Christmas. I always go, I always go brick and mortar for the most part. Anyway, like Collins, like Collins, you said of, of, being in person at the store some things though like i can i get the heebie-jeebies sometimes when i go to the store like you go to like macy's and i'm always like a week before christmas guy like up until like christmas eve and it's just packed and everyone's on edge and and everywhere you walk the people are jingling the bell and it's like oh, i gotta give you know i'm strapped for cash you don't want to be that guy walking past the bell jingler guy or gal but yeah, I'm sure we have some. I'm sure we have a thanks Thanksgiving theme trifecta to end today. Um, I know we'll probably have another another quick show as we did last week. Um, but what else before we get rolling? Anything we should touch on, Collins? Do you have any MSU football updates? Because we always get high yeah. and mighty about Michigan State football, but you you can decline to comment if you want to move. No, past I this. won't. And I just want this on the record, and I'm gonna be completely honest. I need, and this might sound crazy, Michigan. I need Michigan to lose more than Michigan State needs to win this weekend. I'm sorry. <laughs> and people can be like, Ryan, you're not a Michigan State fan. If you're a Michigan State fan, there's one thing you've been able to hold over Michigan's head for about 15 years, and it's that they haven't won a big 10. So if they beat Ohio State this weekend, kudos to them. I will have to start giving them credit, and that's something I don't want to do. I'm sorry. That's a very good point, Kyle. I was thinking about that too, of just the the magnitude of this game because every time a Michigan fan runs their mouth, it's so easy. The the, the rebuttal is the easiest thing in the world. Saturday, yeah. I mean, I mean, we still have bragging rights. We beat them. I don't really like, but at the same time, you lose a little bit of that luster where it's like, oh, can't win one against Ohio State. Can't get, like you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, because it's but, also what have you done for me lately? So if they well, they, I'm, they, I I feel like Michigan State can now like not say anything about Ohio State. I know they beat them in 2013 and 2015, but like the last four years, you've gotten hammered every single game, so you can't really say anything about Ohio State. I mean, just absolutely. I mean, that game was over like five minutes in. It was unbelievable. I've got. I may or may not have predictions for Michigan versus Ohio State that's trifecta so and everyone's gonna be like oh Ryan you don't really care about this Michigan State Penn State team I do because I think if Michigan State wins they'll probably go to the Fiesta Bowl or they'll go to the Peach Bowl and they could play Notre Dame which would be awesome that could be cool yes so all right I don't have any comments but I agree I think it's I think that dynamic is funny because I share a very similar sentiment of no I think most this this is like like want that yeah, tough, tough game to watch. Tough, tough game to to walk in and think that the MSU uh, taking the MSU with the points was smart too. But I digress. Um, okay, let's do the Detroit sports. I think we're touching all four teams today. Uh, first thing we're gonna hit is the Pistons because I would say out of all things that have been happening with uh, the teams as of late, uh, we can go. I know they just played the Heat yesterday. Dropped that game one hundred and ninety two. 
Um, but we go back to Sunday. LeBron and Co. come to town, L.A. Lakers. Um, they steal that game 121 to 116, which we'll, we'll get into the actual game in a second. And I guess if you guys want to touch on games prior, I think we might have talked about the Kings game. So uh, we missed the Pacers win. We missed a Warriors loss and a Lakers loss and a Heat loss. But um, Isaiah Stewart, LeBron James getting to a bit of the rough stuff. Well, yeah, that's the that's the story here. I don't really think we need to talk. Look, the, the, the Pacers win was nice for a couple reasons mostly because we all called it on last week's pods. That's fun. That's always fun. It's fun to be right. Other than that, the Warriors game wasn't as close as the score showed. They just ended up fighting back. So you got to tip your hat there. Frank Jackson had a great game. Um, but, you know, that, that, that other than that, I, I just don't – like the, the story remains the same, man. The, 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 the team struggles to score. They got it. They, these young dudes just have to find a way to put the ball in the hoop a little more. That's all it is. Because if Jeremy Grant doesn't drop 30, the team has no chance to win. So that's all it is. Collins, I don't know if you have any other X's and O's thoughts, but definitely the the, the story here is LeBron and Stewart. You guys want to do that? Well, yeah, yeah but I was out. I was gonna say too. I mean, I didn't obviously again my Pistons watching. I'm a very fair weather fan from that standpoint. But the Lakers game we had on for a second, and I feel like the Pistons were up like 20 points at one point. Well, they were up like 17 with like two minutes left in the third quarter, and then then I mean. I got, and like no LeBron either. I, I don't know how that Lakers team, to be honest with you, I'm, and I'm a big, big LeBron guy. I am admittedly. I, I just, and I, I'm always one of those people who are like, LeBron is so good that it doesn't really matter who's on his team because they're going to get to the playoffs no matter what. And they'll probably go pretty far in the playoffs. But like my dad, bless his heart, he's still alive. I don't mean to make that sound like he's like not with us, but we're watching the game and he's like, they have them. They have Carmelo. They have Rajon Rondo. Like he's like, if this was like 2014, this team would like be under, like would not lose a game all year. Yeah. And it's just, that's like too. the sentiment of, yeah, Dwight, he's like, yeah, exactly. He's like Dwight Howard. It, it just, that's this, the sentiment of they're just so old. And like, it's just like a collection of like, you, you would think it would be if LeBron 15 years from now had a pickup game at his house, like these would be the players that would be involved. And that's just kind of how, like, I I view this Lakers team. So how, how they win games is, like, beyond me. Um, but to, to have them come back in that game, I think, was um, was tough. But, yeah. Well, try, here's the, you, the reason Le, – LeBron's your guy. Oh, yeah, go ahead before you, we, we go on the LeBron thing. No, that's, I just want to address the Lakers' comeback before we do the LeBron-Stewart thing. I, I just think, you know, Stewart getting ejected, call, call me crazy. I think that Stewart is a bigger loss for the Pistons than LeBron is for the Lakers because a couple reasons. LeBron has missed like six games this year, so that Lakers team knows how to play without him. Second, Isaiah Stewart is just such an underrated part of the Pistons. Like this season, he's averaging 11-11 and 11 with two blocks when he plays 36 minutes. So he's the best rim protector on your team. He was defending Anthony Davis in that game, blocked him three times. He, him being ejected was the reason the Pistons lost, because obviously if, if, you know, you lose your heart and soul, you go to Russ, you go to AD, you go to Melo, those guys are just simply better than the young Pistons team. So that's that. But you guys want to – let's let's do the LeBron thing. I want Collins to go first on this, if you don't mind. Because I think okay. my take is going to be a little more outrageous. So I'm, very, I'm looking forward to it. First of all, the people are like, he meant to punch him in the face. I don't think it's that. Correct. He meant to elbow him in the chest. That's what he tried to do. 
and he caught him in the face. So it was a dirty play, like point blank. And like, if you're trying to say, I don't think like there is accidental parts to it, but like the fact of the matter was it was physical. He was tied up. He was trying to get Stewart off him. He was trying to basically lay an elbow into his chest, which is a dirty play, but which happens in the course of a basketball game. And he caught him in the face and Stewart was pissed and he like really pissed. So, I mean, I'm, it's kind of, there's a, also been like this weird thing. It's like, yeah, stop acting like he would have fought LeBron. He was there face to face. I think LeBron said something to him. I truly do. Right, or when someone else. Fa- yeah. Someone yeah, else face to face. Like I, I, cause I, th- I think Stewart was like fine immediately. And then he saw the blood. And then I think LeBron might've been like, dude, relax. I didn't mean to get you. Which probably pissed him off because guess what? He meant to get him. Yeah. Even though he didn't, he did probably didn't mean to hit him in the face. He oh. meant to get him. So I get why Stewart was pissed off. Stewart's also part of our generation where he grew up watching LeBron. And half these guys are LeBron fans, half these guys are LeBron haters. That's just how society is right now. So I like the dude is younger than we are, all three of us sitting here. So you all know I'm a LeBron guy. However, Isaiah Stewart's my favorite player. So this, this, this was bad. I love, I love Julian Mitchell asking me on Twitter who I side with. I, I respect the question, Julian. I love yeah, this was, this was it's the just, biggest, this was the biggest rock and hard place that Trent's ever been no, in his entire life. No, that's the thing. That's what everyone assumed, but it really wasn't. I was yelling at the TV at LeBron. I was screaming expletives at LeBron. I'm upset. I was just disappointed in him. No, I just, I 100% like a father. I'm, I'm in Stu's corner. That's all it is. Like LeBron isn't a dirty player, like like Collins mentioned, but that doesn't mean you can't. That doesn't mean guys don't make dirty plays here and there. That was dirty. You can't clench your fist and thrust it back. Same as you don't flail your foot upwards into a man's crotch like Draymond Green did in 2016. You just don't do that kind of stuff. I love both those guys. Those were dirty plays. Move on. Stewart had every right to act the way he did. I truly believe that. I loved it. I don't remotely understand how you can criticize it. Like the guy got hit in the face. He's, he's bleeding. He looks like he just fought Mike Tyson and everyone's getting upset that he's running through eight or nine people. By the way, all the people on Twitter being like, oh, the Lions should sign Isaiah. I just, uh, that, that was making me laugh. You should. That, that was like, that was like, that was like Rabs on the bye week when people were tweeting, oh, the Eagles just scored another touchdown. That was like. So funny. Yeah. That I was that for stuff. me. I was, it was like the dad joke that I was laughing at was people saying the Lions should sign Isaiah Stewart. But I, I just think this, this whole situation, and I really think Pistons Nation has sort of found the silver lining in all of it, and they're in Stewart's corner. But this, this does – this is a good sign. It just is. It simply is. I think Reggie Miller had the tweet that said, Isaiah Stewart, for every minute he plays on the floor again for his entire career, whether it be five years, 20 years, everyone is going to not mess with that guy. Like – like no, nobody wants a piece of Isaiah Stewart because he's gonna, he's just quite literally gonna mess you up. So that's all I got on that, really. I just think I already talked about how him being gone was the reason the Lakers won because you know the the Pistons got outscored sixteen to thirty three in the fourth quarter after you're up nine going into it. Offense is an issue, of course. However, Stewart's your best defender, I would say, in terms of being the rim protector and the the, the defensive anchor. And Cade Cunningham had his first bad game in that heat game moving on since his first two games 
Um, he was one for seven from three with only six points, and he wasn't effective late like he was versus the Rockets, Raptors, Pacers, etc. But whatever, you got beat by a better team without beef stew. So that's just how big that's how big of a loss Stewart is. I just wanted to bring that up. Like he, I don't think they're gonna win until he comes back. Which you know what? Last thing, the the Pistons do play the Lakers on Sunday. They travel to yeah. LA on Sunday. Stewart protect that man at all costs because they might send in Rondo to give him a cheap shot. And I. I think they'll sit LeBron. Oh, they probably will sit LeBron. I think they'll sit LeBron. My look, my whole take on the situation. I agree with Collins to where like that that play, especially when they're in the lane like that on a free throw, you see guys rip their like rip their arms out of you know when they're tangled up like all Not the time like in that, basketball. He, that was a yeah, I know play. he he meant to he definitely meant to make contact. Dude, I don't think fist. he meant to it's clock him in the eye. That's what it is. But, it's the fist. You don't box people out with your that that actually that's a detriment to you. If your hand yeah. is open, you're going to cover more ground on the guy's body. I don't, yeah, I don't think fist. he meant to. I don't think he meant to clock him in the eye, and obviously it looked a lot worse because he was bleeding profusely. And I love how like LeBron, that was like the classic. I knew exactly what I was doing. I meant to hit you. I hit you. I'm really not sorry about it, but I'm going to try to cover my ass. But he's like, "Oh, are you okay?" Because LeBron did kind of. He was like, "Oh shit!" Like, "Sorry, man." But well, that's yeah, the, so I, Colin's point. No, to Colin's so point, funny. I just think that just means that. He, like, bro, he, you just popped to in the face. Can you just were like, he meant yeah. to hit him. He didn't mean to hit him in the face. That's what it was. You're exactly right, Calvin. Yeah, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, I appreciate that Isaiah Stewart got worked up. It, it got like way, like it got definitely really heated. But then, like for Isaiah Stewart to walk away and like the whole thing to kind of fizzle out, and then to like run back, like in like it was got the co- like that was just. That was like, okay, man. And that's where it kind of got scary. Cause I obviously, you know, I have like some colleagues that were on the floor that, cause we had this discussion, you know, post after the game and the following days about, you know, what happened at the game. And, you know, I had some colleagues that were like on the floor and, you know, trying to make sure that fans didn't get involved, which it sounds like there was no issue at all with fans, but obviously LeBron was being booed profusely, but the people I got to say though, like, and maybe this is just coming as a LeBron stand, but the people on Twitter that are like, LeBron's such a dirty player, like F LeBron, like how do you only get one game for that? And Stewart gets two. Like Isaiah Stewart at a certain point, like he's he's getting more than one game because of the fact that he like ran back and tried to like jump Does LeBron. Because he gave after like two assistant coaches like CTE. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it was just, it was – it was just a lot. I appreciate the the fire and intensity, but it was just like, dude. First yeah, of all, he's just, dude, thing, he's just I, prime Chris Spielman running through people. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I I mean, I it certainly didn't make me like LeBron. This is the part about LeBron that just like bugs me. Like, I get he's like a good person, whatever. I I like I, anyone who had the expectations he had, and for him to do what he's done, like throughout his career, is like actually incredible, and it's like so admirable. But He's so, like, phony sometimes. And th- that's why I think Stewart was so pissed. Because he was like, dude, you meant to hit me. Don't act like you didn't. That's what and I'm then, saying. I just think for yeah. Stewart to grow up watching LeBron, like, he probably just shared some of that sentiment, Collins. Like, he probably was yeah, like, I don't like, know. yeah, I, I just, know. I know you don't mean this. I've watched you for years. Like, you're, you're just – you are what you are. I don't, I don't have to respect you right now in this game because we're playing yeah. – I, I loved it, man. I loved it. I really did. I have no love well, lost for LeBron it called? James, but I was very pissed off at LeBron. What's it called? 
AD, the whole thing, I, I don't know. They were like, oh, we weren't going to let him get there. Yeah, no, AD. Buddy, buddy, like Russell Westbrook was getting – like Stewart is like 6'9". Like AD is like probably the only one on the court that probably could handle him. Yeah, he also is softer than Cottonelle Tissue. Whatever. I Dude, we don't have to speculate a melee between the Pistons Lakers. I'm not, but uh, yeah, Collins, I'm with you. Fed and matter though, but like Pistons just in general, they gotta I without Stewart, they need to like I they need a win it back, like really bad. But now that I like I, I when you watch them on nightly, you're just like, dude, all these pieces that played good last year have been terrible. I mean, Hamadou's done a little bit more minutes the last like, week and a half. He's played a little bit better. Hey, he's had three straight games in double figures. I will say that. Yes, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. They the <laughs> young pieces just need to be better. Just point blank. Agree. Agree. And we can get more into that maybe next week. But for the sake of time, we can move on. I will say the Pistons play the Bucks today without Isaiah Stewart. So that I mean, that plus it's the same. Oh, they dude. Their 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 schedule, by the way, is fucking. Part of my French, brutal. Like yeah. they play the Bucks tonight, and then like you get Thanksgiving off, great. But you got to go to LA to play Friday, Sunday, and then, like you're staying on the road for a pretty considerable amount of time with Portland and then Phoenix. Like that's, I mean, yikes, man. Yeah. Like, they don't get it. They they could lose every single one of those games I just named off. Well, but. I think the next game that they might be potentially favored in is the Thunder game on December sixth. Like they're underdogs in every game, but yeah, that's. That's all we got for for Pistons, I believe. Um, I, I I just can't wait. Stewart does come back against the Clippers on Friday. I guess that's what I want. That's what we should make known. And he will play, and he'll be great. And the Pistons great. will win that game, and that would be awesome because it would prove my point that he's a bigger piece than people think. That'd be awesome. Um, let's uh let's stay with the team that hasn't uh, been winning games as of late. As we move on here, we'll go to the Wings for a second. I don't have a ton here, um, so their their road trip kicked off. I don't think that we talked about any of the games. Um, we might have talked about the Columbus game. They lost 5-3, to three, where I, if I'm trying to rack my brain for that game. I believe they were up um, or at least had the game tied and I think let up two to three goals in the last uh, handful of minutes there to lose that one. Um, they lose to the Stars pretty handedly on Tuesday. You lose to Vegas 5-2 to two on Thursday. Um, and then the killer was you go into Arizona and you look at that road trip and that's like the one game where you look at for Arizona, who I think going into that game only had like two to three wins on the season. They are as bad as they are record wise. They are even tougher to watch, like as, as far as how they play um, and just just a flat performance from the wings. They they get one goal and, and you know, hold the lead for a, for a bit. And then I think late in the game. If I remember correctly, Arizona pops one, goes to overtime, and Clayton Keller gets the overtime winner. So that's a game where obviously it doesn't hurt you as far as the standings within your own division because Arizona's not in your division. Um, but there is a certain element of like, that's a game you need to go get two points. And I don't really care the game went to overtime because a win's a win no matter what. But um, a little disheartening that you go on the road and, and you drop four games. And that's one of those things to where – you know, when we talk about this team as far as taking a step in the right direction, and so far they have before that road trip, but 5-3 um, game that you blow late, 5-2 game, 5-2, and then 2-1 to the legitimately probably the worst team in the league um, by whatever measure you want to go by from that front. Um, 
just just tough, like and, and to a certain point, unacceptable. I mean, I don't think that Dallas is all that much better than you. I know they were just in the Stanley Cup final um, two years ago. Vegas has been so, so, so banged up. Um, and, and, you know, I love Robin Leonard. I think he's one of the better goalies in the league. I, I really do. Um, you know, but to, to lose that game too, like you're just kind of looking at this team and, and, you know, saying, I, I just think there was a, st- a step that was taken back over these last four games, which obviously in, in any season, you know, setbacks happen. Um, but with that being said, I mean, you know, let, let's, let's try to find their identity here as a team. And, you know, you, you'd like to think that you can at least split the road trip. That's not an easy road trip to make. Um, I get it. But but again, let, let's let's look at this this team's growth. And, you know, if you really want to sell people on this is a new team, this is a team that plays with the, with, you know, more of an edge. They could put the puck in the net. They're a lot better than they were last year. Well, you know, you had an opportunity to show it and, you know, you take a big step back here. So um, I don't really have a ton. Um, well, what's it called? I, I just like I mean, I know I've harped on this point and. I, this team is just not going to be better until they have like defensive depth. They just don't have, and and you can make the case for offensive depth too, because after that first line, there's not a lot of consistency there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I just like they just don't have the depth yet. I think this year has been all positive until this point because you're like, oh, Raymond's like a legit piece. Oh, like this Bertuzzi, like Raymond Larkin line's a problem. Oh, we've had some like nice contributions on the defensive side of like uh, uh, on the blue line, but I I until they're able to get a little bit younger and a little bit faster on that defensive like pairings, I just they're not going to be successful. I just truly believe that. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely fair. I think you know the goalie play I think has been fine, and you know you have to look forward and you'll have Nadelkovich again for the next two years presumably. I don't know if this is. Excuse me. I don't know if this is Thomas Grace's last year here, just based on his age, his contract. And I don't know what his plans are beyond this season. And you obviously have Sebastian Cosa in the ranks um, that you're going to want to see at some point. I would highly doubt that that's going to be next year. But yeah, as far as depth is concerned, I mean, you lose you lose Troy Stetcher for a while here with with having wrist surgery. Um, Jordan Osterley was signed as a, as a depth piece. Raz, are you devastated when Troy Stetcher got hurt? I feel like you're the biggest Troy Stetcher fan in the world. I mean, I I definitely like I definitely like uh, the vibe that Troy Stetcher brings. I, I appreciate you, the you long like hair. have your guys, and like some of them are not that good, but I love it. You just yeah, Daniel Norris. Play. The Daniel Norrison was something I will never understand, but yeah, no, well, Stetcher, Stetcher's got the hair. He's got the, you know, the Bauer 4,500 helmet, which like you, like the Bauer 4,500 helmet for, I mean, this is like for more of the hockey players out there is one of those things to where it's like, that's like the definition of grit. Like you sneeze in that helmet and you could have a concussion. Like that's just, I just like, I don't know. He's just got that. He's got that hockey player look to him, but I mean, that's a guy who's been struggling to find to find his time in the lineup. And, you know, with with the Jordan Ostrich signing and bringing Mark Stahl back, you know, that's one of those things where, again, you kind of scratch your head because Stetcher was one of those guys that you signed as, you know, kind of on a flyer of like, hey, like a Josh Jackson type of thing. Like, hey, this guy was getting buried a little bit. Like, let's see if we can, you know, maybe give him some more minutes and increase his role. And he's a young player, so let's see what he can do. And last year he got that chance, and I think he was fine playing with Mark Stahl. But then, like I said, this year you signed Jordan Osterley, who is 
you know, you usually a healthy scratch every night, you bring back Mark Stahl. So, you know, Stetcher kind of loses, you know, loses himself in the fold again. And now he's, you know, banged up. So um, that's tough that you lose him for a while. Uh, you know, to my point about Jordan Osterley, like that's not a guy that is really going to give you much on the back end. Another guy who was just, you know, Steve Eiserman probably thinks has a bit higher ceiling than many other people have seen um, when looking at Jordan Osterley. So that's why that signing happened. But yeah, I mean, you look at the back end counts, you have, you know, you dress six defensemen and two of them being Danny to Kaiser and Mark Stahl. Like, it's not like those guys are game, you know? So, um, you know, I think, I think Philip Ronick has, has been fine. Um, I think Mo Sider has been your biggest bright spot by far, just from a, a point. But like when point. we talked about Horonic Rebs, did you think he was going to take like a nut step? Yeah. I mean, he, he came into this season as being like the outright, like this is the number one defenseman on this team. And, um, you know, I, I believe there was a stretch there where he was actually healthy scratch for a couple games, like right off the hop, which, which, you know, kind of went under the radar a bit, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think Philip Pronick's a fine player, but he he's one of those guys, you know, to your to your point to where it's like, um, are we are we going to look at Philip Pronick as a guy who's like, yeah, he's a solid top four defenseman or is he a legit I can play on the top pair type of guy. So that's where I think Nick Letty and Mo Sider have both outperformed him this year. And again, I don't know how how much a part of the plans Nick Nick Letty is. Um, but with that being said, um you know, I, I think Philip Pronick still has a lot to his game that um, is, is, you know, uh, positive components to his game. I will say that, that the ceiling is, has definitely not been yet for, has not been met yet for Philip Pronick. Um, But again, it's a matter of, you know, what, what role is he going to find on, on this team? So um, I don't know if I would say like disappointing. Um, I think there's still a lot left to be desired from his game, but um, but yeah, like you said, you know, and Gustav Lindstrom to me, like the more and more that you watch him, you're kind of waiting for him. Like, okay, what kind of player are we going to, are we going to get out of Gustav Lindstrom? Like is, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily expected to be a top four guy. I think on a really good defensive team, he's probably playing on your third pair, like consistently. So, and then, yeah, as far as up front, Mitchell Stevens is gone for some time here. I think he's having surgery as well. So um, that's a piece that I've loved on the fourth line and Joe Valeno comes up. The biggest thing that I have a problem with is I don't, I don't need Joe Valeno playing on the fourth line with your Carter Rownies and your Giovanni Smiths and your uh, um, who else was I going to say? Sam Gagne's. I just think that Joe Valeno has so much more to his game where he can be utilized more of in a middle six role. So I think as time goes on and, you know, guys get healthy and, and he, gets his feet wet a bit more in some NHL games, you could hopefully see him move up a bit. So um, other than that, I mean, that's, that's about all I have. They play the blues today at seven 30 PM. I will be there tonight in the building. Um, tough game. Ryan O'Reilly, one of my favorite players to watch in the NHL. I love the way he plays. One of the best two-way players in, in the sport today. So um, the blues will be solid and a good test. And then you'll see the Sabres again on Saturday at home. So, um, we'll see. Need a win bad. I, I'm sure it'll be a, a, a good crowd tonight. Um, you know, people coming home in town want to catch the wings. Who knows? But um, this, you know, got to got to got to respond here at home big time. So that's all I have for wings. Um, we can do Tigers, I guess. Collins, you can you can take the reins on Tigers if you wish. I, I'm surprised you guys haven't heard it. I mean, I shout out to the Killer Bookmaker group chat. 
that my friends have because it's just all a bunch of diehard Tigers fans. So every little like nugget of Tigers news, we like basically freak out. Um, so it came out. I think Heyman, John Heyman, said, which I mean, I know baseball. I think insiders or other than passing are very hard to tell like what is right and what is wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they have like the ear on the league like they do in the NBA because I think NBA it's basically just agents telling like Shams or Woj what's going on. And I don't think it's that's the case necessarily in MLB. But Heyman's basically saying, like, hey, Tigers don't want to pay $300 million for anyone. doesn't matter if it's Correa. Guess what? You're going to have to pay $300 million for Correa. And this whole idea that they can't afford Correa and some other guys is so asinine to me and ridiculous. So if they don't want to pay $300 million, sell the team. I'm being serious. Well, Collins, do you, think sell the any, team image. do you think there's any chance that this is just smokescreen? Because that's how I took I it. I do think it's a smokescreen, but if it happens, Trent, if they want to do like, oh, let's just do five for like 180 with like Trevor Story and then we'll go get it, John Gray maybe, like didn't sell the team. Yeah, the, You're not capable of owning a baseball team. Listen, that's fair. Afford it. They literally have no payroll outside of Miguel Cabrera on this team basically. And Edward, like they have nothing. Miguel All we've still- talked about the last month and a half, and even like before the season ended, was you just structure it in a way where he doesn't really get paid that much in his first two years, and then he gets it all in the bat, and it still wouldn't matter because guess what? The guys that are coming up, Torkelson, Green, Mize, Stubal, Manny, they're all club control guys that make like minimums. Like all those big pieces are like minimum guys. And, like, a Badoo, another guy. Like, you have the money to do it. So, it's asinine where you're going to be like, oh, we can't afford it. You have money. You should have money to swim in. The whole idea of this thing of, hey, we're going to cut back spending is when we have the opportunity to spend in a couple of years, we'll be, we'll be fine. We're not going to be reckless in this rebuild, which, I, hey, we're fine. We all went along with. But the time is now to, like, go out and make a big play for a player. And it seems like you're going to have to pay $300 for Correa. And if they're not willing to do that, because I do think Correa would come to Detroit, I think it's more of the fact is, will the Tigers fork up the money? And if they're not willing to do that, Illich might as well sell the team. Might as well. Well, I don't disagree. I think all we've talked about for the last month and a half was just how critical this offseason is. And that starts with spending money, as you say, Collins. And we don't have to do the whole how important is a shortstop thing again. But – I really do think the team's a shortstop away from competing for 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 a uh, AL Central pennant. I really do. I just do. Like I think that the way the team came on at the end of last season, and you know, you look at your pitching rotation now, especially with the addition of Erod. I just think this team is going to surprise people as it is because their Vegas over under total went for wins is going to be disrespectful yet again. And again, I'm getting kind of ahead of myself there, but I just think they're a shortstop away. So Collins, I'm exactly in lockstep with you where it's like if you don't spend this money then you're just tone deaf to what you need to do to win it's not even that Trent it's just they had this is a perfect opportunity you really look at their lineup and 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 the people on their roster they have low payroll it's the best shortstop class in free agency right so you just have to get it done I'm sorry well, and, I'm not. And, I'm not making any excuses and, and for anybody. I'm not. I'm not. I'm also not one of those people who say, "Hey, like prayer bust." 
If you want to spend the same or similar money on Seager, if you want to go out and make a big play for Simeon, I'm fine with that. I just don't do the discount thing where we get Trevor Story, who's a guy who's proven he can bear, he's not the same player away from Coors Park. Like, I'm just saying, just don't. This isn't a di- like this isn't a discount rate type of position. If you don't want to pay him, fine. Just sell the team, Illage. I, can I ask this to the group? What? Why does it have to be Carlos Correa? I just can said it, it didn't have else? to be. I didn't say it didn't have to be. Sorry, I was texting. Didn't hear you. I Good said call if, Collins. <laughs> I said, hey, if it doesn't have to be him, but don't do discount rate where it's like, hey, discount double check. No, you know what I mean, right? It's like Trevor Story is a good defensive player. Yeah. You really look at his his numbers away from Coors Field are like staggering. He's just an above average shortstop. Yes. I I agree that if you, if this is the summer that you you are summer, what am I talking about? What season is it? If this is the off season, if this is the off season that, that you are telling yourselves and you're telling your fans like very transparently, we are going to go spend money. We are going to go get a shortstop. It it has to be worthwhile. Like you can't half-ass this thing. Like go get your guy. And if it's not Correa, like if it's a Simeon, you know, if it's a story, like you know, advanced sabermetrics. It's, I don't get paid to do that kind of stuff. If that's the guy, go do it. I don't need to see like a you know a middle of the pack like whatever. Like we're filling the gap of like here's a name like you know in between a Jordy Mercer and like a Trevor Story type of guy. I don't need that. Don't need it. So I don't know. I mean, look, it's not my money. I don't know the whole Carlos Correa situation as far as you guys see that that video floating around or that picture of Hinch and Correa getting lunch in Houston. Correa looked so pissed off. It was probably taken like five years ago. It's probably not even like a current photo. Like some no, guy it was. It was current. It. He said it. It was. Yeah, Hinch addressed that. Spin zone, spin zone. Hinch is going back to Houston to manage. Well, Hinch, <laughs> Hinch said Correa is recruiting was Hinch. I him a baby present, and I got a good cheese omelet. That's what he said to, in his press conference. But see, to and me, I just really good right now. That it does. It sounds incredible. I just think I I don't know. I think I put more stock into that kind of stuff than most people do. I think that that was kind of like a a, a, a clever way to deflect the attention. By Hinch, I think I, I, guys, I think we're signing Correa. I just do. I do too. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying if it comes down to the fact it's like, hey, someone just wanted to pay twenty more million dollars. Like the Tigers can afford it. They're one I, of the only team. Like they should be able to outspend everyone in this free agent race. Last thing I want to mention, and I just think that this might be the Tigers' downfall if there if there is such a thing, is. I think that the Tigers, specifically Hinch and Avila, might be under the false impression that players are going to take somewhat of a discount to play here. And I think in 2013 that was true. I I, I think I think the I Tigers think really want that way. well, I think they really want dude, they're Rob pushing Rodriguez this narrative of the trajectory, the trajectory, the trajectory. And you know what? They're right. But I just don't know unless you watch the whole team last year, unless you're a fan, unless you're in the city. I don't really know if that's how you view the Tigers right now. Like, still, on paper, they were a losing team. So I just – well, actually, they were above 500. That was a dumb thing to say. But they, they, didn't, they didn't do much until, you know, the end of the season. I guess that's all I'm saying. So if you're, if you're in the thick of it, like the Simeons and the Correas of this whole situation, they might want to go other places. And I just think the Tigers are sort of sitting there like, we're the Tigers. 
Like we we're progressing, we're on an upward swing and they're trying to get people to try to rope people in on that. Whereas Collins, I'm with you. I think they just got to open the checkbook. That's all you got to do. I don't know. I I'm just don't like try and like package two guys together and make it look all fine and dandy to me. I just, uh, you have the money to go get Correa. You have the money to go get another starting pitcher if you really wanted to. Just don't bore me with the things like, hey, we don't want to go. Like, you're not paying anyone. You're not paying. Like, even if you give Correa $300 million, that's your whole payroll, basically. Yeah. Right now. And, like, by the time where, say, it's, like, a bad deal and you got to start paying Mize and something, like, it's not for another four to five years. So I just, I don't know. We can move on. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, more free agency stuff to unfold. And all the Tigers were like, I, I got a notification last night of like the Tigers were rumored to have made an offer to Steven Matz that left. I don't hate off. that. Well, he just signed with the cards. So like, no, they, I know. I saw that. I did. Yeah. That, so like you said, Collins, they're, they're still in the market. There's moves to be made, um, but we'll keep rolling here. Um, let's go back to. Um, last Sunday, obviously short week here for the Lions as they play their annual game on Thanksgiving uh, tomorrow against the Bears. It could be the Andy Dalton versus uh, Tim Boyle Bowl, or it could it be the like golf versus Goff, which Andy Dalton versus Jared Goff and Andy Dalton versus Tim Boyle, like it's like tomato, tomato in my eyes right now. Yeah, so, same. Either way, 13-10 um, loss um, against Cleveland last week. Um, Tim Boyle obviously gets the start. Um, nothing, nothing tremendous from him as my pipe dream was that he was going to come out and have an absolute day. I also, before we get going and I texted this, is David Blau not on the roster or is like, Dude, he wasn't he must, like he must relatively serviceable when he like came in and played a couple of games? That well, one yeah, year? but the key word is was, I just think these guys watch him every day in practice. He just must not be that good. I wonder if – I feel like Sean Hill is still on the roster somewhere. I, yeah. I keep waiting for them to be like, Sean Hill is starting a quarterback. on. Didn't he start a Thanksgiving one year, Sean Hill? Uh, Dude, he started like oh, that whole season when yeah. Stafford got hurt. Oh, that's right. Never yeah, got so hurt in game right. three or game one, whatever it was. Yeah. Game so, one, Peppers absolutely murdered him. So, anyway, so Browns game, I'll, I'll keep it quick because we want to talk about, obviously, the Thanksgiving Day game. I want to do the trifecta because it is a holiday trifecta edition. Um, I was – you got to give credit to the defense because they have been playing a lot better. They're, they're playing hard. I still don't think they have a lot of playmakers out there, but some way, shape, or form, they are, they are getting the job done. And, you know, to let up 13 points there against the Browns team that on paper you'd think – would be a lot better. I was so unimpressed with the Browns and like Baker Mayfield's one of those guys to me that I'm not a big Baker Mayfield guy, but, but my God, like that, that team is not going to win anything with him at quarterback. Like he, I know he was hurt. Like he was banged up a lot. Coward. I'm just saying, I know he was banged up a lot. If you, if you think that the Cleveland Browns are going to win like a division or a conference or a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield as a quarterback, you're crazy. And they completely overachieved last year. And they just like, it's amazing to me how poor and average they looked. But to the Lions' credit, they played fine defense. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift had a day, which was nice to see. 
TJ Hawkinson, I kind of feel for him because I think he's getting double teamed a lot. He gets interfered with on every single play, it feels like. And he doesn't really have a quarterback that can give him the ball all that successfully. He actually did have, you know, a handful of catches last game. Um, and I don't really care to go in depth on Tim Boyle because he's a backup quarterback that, you know, came from, I mean, I, he had like one year where he was actually starting games in college at Eastern Kentucky. So I don't have high expectations for him. The only thing about this game that I want to talk about is Dan Campbell takes over the play calling. It's atrocious. It, it is awful. bad. It is bad. And it's, it's, it, I scratched my head because Anthony Lynn was supposed to be this like really good, like offensively dialed in. Like he had Eckler and he had Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike and like they, you know, the offense like was at least a positive for uh, the chargers last year. And like now for some reason, this this whole thing falls on him of like I, I just don't necessarily get why Dan Campbell had to take it over. And the other thing I couldn't stand was late in the game, I think there was like a little bit less than three minutes left. I know the Lions had like three timeouts um, or, or whatever it may be. But if I'm not mistaken, I texted you guys about this. They punted, correct? Like after this, after this whole, I, I hope everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yes. The Lions were driving. There were like three minutes left. And for a team that has gone up. To the fake punts, to doing anything and everything to just keep the ball in their hands and keep moving and try to score. You're losing 13 to 10. And with less than three minutes left, you punt the ball from like an area where I, I, I wish I, I should have written this down or something, but you punt when you could have like just gone for it. And, and, and like that mindset to me, how the mindset completely flipped from like, we're going to be aggressive to all of a sudden, like we're just going to pucker up down three and our defense has been like kind of playing fine today. So we're going to trust them. Like there's some all pro like world beater defense. We're going to trust them with three timeouts and the two minute warning to get a stop. And we're going to give Tim Boyle the ball back with what 45 seconds left and no timeouts and go drive the field. Like just, just blatantly the wrong coaching decision. And I He's left that game. Last three weeks. Dan, Dan Campbell is very in over his head, very in over his head. I, I was, I was so disappointed and it was just so obvious when you punt and Cleveland just walks down the field with Nick Chubb and it's just first down after first down and they get all the way down to like your 10 or 20 and they need the ball and the game's over like that it, it was just the saddest like Mr. Krabs playing the violin like world's smallest violin send off of a game when you can go for it and have some balls and maybe convert on one play and keep moving down the field, maybe kick a field goal, tie it up, go to overtime. But instead you just like we pucker and the game's over. So. Okay. Well, I, I, I just want this to be clear before you guys lay in the Campbell. Cause I know you're going to, I, I, don't... I just did. I'm done. I, I that's, okay, that's all well, I had to say. I thought it was dis- disappointing. Now you're Oh nine and one. Listen, I just don't, I guys, I, I I'm driving home from the airport in Detroit and I'm listening to the ticket. And Valeni, God love him, is just like he can't criticize the Lions because he 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 just goes all in on over his head on Campbell. 
And it's Dude, just he's like been so bad, Trent. No, but listen, Collins, like I don't like okay, so Valenny and a lot of people are like, How tell me why you have faith in Dan Campbell and don't come at me with the roster's bad. And to me, it's like that's the same thing. It's the same thing to me as like, don't tell me Michael Jordan's the GOAT without mentioning six rings. <clears throat> like you can't, you can't, you can't, dude. It's half the story. The the how bad the roster is is half the story, if not more. And we all know that. So I don't, and we knew that coming in. That's all I'm yeah, saying. I don't understand why the expectations have somehow changed. Why? Because no, they've been I... in there for three games. Like, why is why do you think that the Lions should be like three and whatever, three, six, and one right now, other than the fact that they've lost on two 60-yard field goals. It's not that, Trent. It's the fact of the matter when you watch these games, you're strat like, there's you don't have to win every game. In the beginning of the year, this team looked competent. They looked fighting hard. They, they Like, Campbell was aggressive. He was doing some stuff. But, like, it's fine to criticize him the last three weeks that he's been awful with some of his decisions. Yes, but I also That's think a, I'm not saying to... fire the guy. He has no one. He literally they have no one. The offensive play calling is embarrassing. But it was wor- it was dude. It was it. just as bad before Dan Campbell quote unquote took over. So I just want to keep that. In yeah, the I understand field. that. But we I think a lot of us put that on Jared Goff. To be honest, yeah, because you're like he doesn't even look downfield. That's fair. The whole like narrative that hey man, this team can't throw the ball downfield. They don't have the personnel. They have, like, one of the better offensive lines in the league. They've, t- like, they've moved Sewell over the right side of the line, and he's been fantastic. So don't give me the thing that's like they don't have the capabilities to do that. That's what Tim Boyle would step back there and sit there for five seconds, and he's supposed to have this rocket arm. Like, they don't try and push the ball downfield at all, and that's the play calling. That's not the – like, they want to be like this New England Patriots, like, dink and dunk offense – I'm sorry, like whatever you have that like that hasn't worked. Can you like change it a little bit? Can we be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive side of the ball? I don't know. I I'm not. Have I lost faith in Dan Campbell a little bit? Yeah, I'm not going to say he can't turn it around. I think he can turn it around. This team sucks. They have no talent. I agree with you there, Trent. And they have no quarterback, so you're not be able to win any games. But there's been certain decisions he made. Like, I don't know why he kicked that field goal with four minutes left. You're no, at the, what? You, no, that, well, that was with nine minutes, I think. The reason you no, did that. I'm talking, no, that was – was it nine minutes? I think so. The reason – I think did, it was way less. When no, they made the, it a three-point three game, Trent. Yes, because you, the defense was playing great. And I didn't jump in earlier when Rabs was talking about that because I didn't want to step on his toes. But yeah, I, but they I couldn't really, move the ball. Yes, I but did, I'm – I'm fine with trusting the defense there. I think the defense played awesome. It's not tr- no, this isn't even about the defense. You're trusting the defense when you're going for it at the 30-yard line because you're like, hey, like you're going to probably get off the field. Anyway. Like this yeah, but you're also you're also content with going down three. That's my point. Like you're content with going down three instead of risking to, you know, take the lead because you think that your defense is going to keep you in the game. I don't know. I'm being honest. I'm like almost 100% sure that was a lot later than nine minutes. You, okay, you're well, probably right. You're following a lot closer. I mean, no, I whatever. mean, I would do. By the way, I went to Alliance backing bar in Nashville. It was a lot of fun. However, I was a little under the influence. So maybe you might be correct, Counts. I'll check on that right now. I was I also guess, extremely hungover that morning. So we are in the same boat. So, okay. So, yeah. All, all I wanted, my last point on, on Anthony Lynn, I guess if, I, if we can back it up to that, is. 
I, I like this dude. I don't think we... I, well, he's I, gone. He, he's done after this year. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's abundantly clear. I just said... We've been doing this podcast for four years now, fellas. I remember we all sat there when Patricia was losing these games and we said, and, and how bad the defense was and how they could never generate a pass rush. And we all sat here and said, we can't judge anyone on this defense. And now I feel like that has blown up in, in, in Campbell's realm here, his little 10, 10 game sample size. That's, that's spread like a plague to the whole roster. Like you can't judge anyone man except for like jack fox who's been yeah, phenomenal you gotta like, be able to like from the, from the quarterback all the way down to the kicker this team just stinks except I, for you know, like a handful of players i don't disagree with that Trump, but i i think the last two weeks have been winnable and campbell who was talking about like buddy kneecaps being super aggressive puckered the last two weeks i think that's fair to say yeah, well, okay. I also think it's – I also think – and maybe I'm beating a dead horse here, but I just – I feel, the reason I feel bad for Lynn is because he inherited this offense with a top two center in Frank Ragnow who got hurt. Well, I feel bad for Lynn because I don't think Campbell should have taken over the play calling duties. I just don't – I just don't agree with that. For yeah, some and, like, I, and, like, Campbell, Campbell's play calling is, like, not – it's, like, the same thing. It's the same it's thing. Like, I just don't yeah, – I don't – It's, like, there's no – Nothing has changed. Well, so that's know. why I say I think that maybe it's just saving face with Lynn. They don't want to make him the bad yeah, but guy. The, like the, this, this offense can't safe. do anything. The offense is handcuffed. They can't do shit. So who cares who's calling plays? Well, it, the whole thing. I think Valenti has made this point like abundantly clear the last two weeks when I was listening to him. I actually kind of agree with him when he just talks about like you're just kind of throwing your guy under the bus for no reason. Like he. I mean, Campbell could go 0-17, and, and he's still going to have a job. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're losing because Anthony Lynn. Like that's, Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't <laughs> like that. That is the only reason I didn't like that. I think that kind of throws your guy under the bus for no reason. I don't think he had to do that at all. Yeah, I don't disagree. But, why don't, hey, let's do it for the sake of time. Uh, I yes. got to get rolling yeah, here. So let's, let's go to the Thanksgiving Day game. Trent, do you happen to have the updated standings or not from last week? No, haven't been home at all. I've been in a no whirlwind here. Sorry. No worries. I'm sure I'm still in the lead somehow. Uh, Bears at Lions, obviously, on Thanksgiving, the greatest tradition in sports. Uh, Twelve. Where the throwbacks. Yes, I know. They, I'm sure they will. 1230. If they were, if they were the Grays last year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's pathetic. Um, spread right now. Uh the Lions are a three-point underdog at home. The over/under is a whopping forty-one and a half points. Trent, I'll start with you. Lions and over. That's all I got. I just think I, the Lions are definitely going to cover that number because I think they're going to win outright, and I think they're going to win outright by ten. Matt Nagy's out. I know everyone probably saw this at this point. Yeah, but then I love how I love how like my uncle actually texted me because he lives in Chicago and he's like. Rumor here is that Nagy's done after Lions game. And then I love how like, the next thing I read was like Matt Nagy d- denies that he's being fired after the Lions game. Yeah, like, well, I'm not. Like he's like Michael Scott. He's like like he's just so oblivious. Like yeah, yeah it's it's a joke. The the Bears are a laughing stock. So are the Lions. I get it. The Lion. This game just is going to mean more to the Lions. It's going to mean more to the young guys. I think a guy like Jamal Williams might have a big game because he's just psyched up to play on Thanksgiving for the first time. Give me the Lions. I'll take the over simply because of this game usually goes over. A lot of points on Thanksgiving. Give me – I think the Bears route us. I think it's like a final, like – Final countdown? 
It's just going to be like, oh, my God, the Lions. It's just a, it, it's one of those years for the Lions, and it happens, unfortunately, a lot to Lions fans where it's like, oh, no, Thanksgiving Day, we're in front of a national te- television. Someone's doing, like, everyone comments. There's more comments about the national anthem and a halftime show about what's going on in the field because it's so boring. I just feel like this, this is one of those years. Um, I Shout was, out Neo doing a national anthem. Yeah, that's a heavy lineup. Big Sean doesn't really do it for me, but Neo. I do. I do throw Neo in the halftime show. I've Hopefully, he brings Miss Independent. Like he just like he does like a, dude, a national would, anthem into Miss Independent back into the national anthem. I'll tell you something, Rabs. My buddy offered me a ticket. If I found out Neo was doing a halftime show, I'm there. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, Trent, are you going to this game? By the way, no, nope. Oh. oh, oh. Rabs, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, Rabs. Listen, I I could make. I had an opportunity to make a lot of money by selling them. Nice, good man. Rock and I put our heads together as we as we so often do. Yeah, no, we're we're doing Thanksgiving here at the Bailey House. That that it's always fun. It's a fun time. Good. I will take the under in this game uh, with Andy Dalton and Jared Goff going head to head, like two of the most like coulda woulda shoulda quarterbacks of all time. Like God, like you, you like. This is all we have from you guys now. So I will take the under 41 and a half and I will take the lions outright. And this is the last time I will take the lions on this show for the rest of the year. I I'm not a bet on the lions, the but objectively I can't take them, but I, I won't even think them. about the number anytime after this. If they don't win this game, I will not take them the rest of the year. You have my word, but I am going to take the lions money line here against Andy Dalton and co with that being said quick trifecta and then we will get out of here and and send everyone on their way for a happy Thanksgiving yep happy Thanksgiving little trifecta action question number one is turkey good it's the no no it is not I think it's I think it's dry I think it's yeah yeah by itself I eat it I eat it once a year as my point no I think everyone agrees with that no one like say oh I love turkey but like when you got the gravy with it, when you got the cranberry sauce with it, when you got like a little overflown stuffing on it, like it's good. I I I don't like the turkey like slander. Okay, the problem I... is the thing about the turkey, if it's not done right, it's terrible. It's okay. like it it could be yeah. it could be done See, very apparently bad. apparently deep fried turkey is like the way to do it, but it's dangerous. So be careful. That's apparently the way to do it. We've never done that. We go traditional turkey in the oven. I just think the bird itself is gross. When it's, when it's alive, I don't like turkey. I think it's a gross bird. It's dry as shit. I like the lunch meat. And I will say the best part about the Thanksgiving turkey is the day after little mayo sandwich, leftover turkey. Ooh, That's, mayo? Yeah, that just made me gag in my mouth. Really? You don't like yeah, mayo? What? <laughs> Mayo, turkey sandwich, no, mayo dude, on turkey. On, the, the day after Thanksgiving sandwiches, is you just put like stuffing on it and stuff. All right. Well, yeah, I don't, I'm not a, I, I, love, like, I, I love the, I, I love Thanksgiving the Christmas. Thanksgiving is my, I, like I just said, guys, I love Thanksgiving. It's like one of my favorite days of the year. I love the, I love the fucking Christmas ham more, way more than the, the, the turkey. That, gross, okay. So, I know. get that. I, I like ham. I, this might make, I only like ham in like breakfast situations. I don't love a ham just on its own. Ham is tremendous. Merry Christmas. I know I'm in the I'm in the minority there. I, I like it Christmas Sam. I just don't love it. All right, let's move on. Question number two: Who's one Detroit athlete you are thankful for, former or current? 
Miggy. I love that guy. <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. I am thankful for Matthew Stafford, and I want. I hope he knows that. Rabs, that was my answer. We miss him. I hope he knows um, that. So thankful. Thank. <laughs> so thankful. That, okay, I will audible based on Rabs' answer. I will audible to Isaiah Stewart. I will move on now. Third question. <laughs> I want everyone's picks for the Michigan and Ohio State game. I just want to do oh, that before we get out. Of I actually, what, dude, we, we talked about the game, but what's your actual like score prediction? Like, what's happening? I'm not going to be like the guy. I I hope Michigan gets trounced. I actually don't think they're going to. I think it's going to be a good game. Michigan has two first round picks on their defensive line, and I like what I've seen from Michigan's offense in recent weeks and. I don't know. I think it's going to be close. Do I think Michigan gets the job done? No, I'll never pick Michigan until they actually beat Ohio State. But I do think they'll cover the eight and a half. I think it's going to be a close game. I do. Rams? What's the, what's the score? <laughs> it's what's an eight and a half spread. I said, I think. Ohio oh, you're State. just taking it. Okay. You're I think Michigan covers. Cover. I think Ohio State's going to win. Um. Yeah, I think. I just think every November, uh, Ohio State activates the Death Star. And I think it has been activated. Um, I do think it's going to be close. I was talking to a, a, a Michigan slappy buddy of mine yesterday, and he was giving me crap about the Michigan State game. Obviously, he wasn't watching the game two weeks ago when Michigan played Michigan State, but I digress. Dude, that's, that's like operate. the one thing I like. That's how those guys buddy, operate. I just love when they yap about that. I'm like, you know we beat you, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you guys got killed. Oh, whatever. Anyway, I don't care. We beat you. I'm gonna give Michigan. I'm gonna give Michigan credit. I I don't know. See, the thing is, is like I don't know. Like, can they move the ball better better than State? You know, I don't. I think I would say that State has better weapons on offense than Michigan does. But with that being said, home game, yeah. home game, it means more. Obviously, I'm gonna say this game is going to go. Ohio State thirty eight. Michigan 31. I don't know if that's like a There's football no number. Way Michigan scores 31 points. I don't know how you get to 31. All right. Well, how are they supposed to cover then? You think Michigan's defense is going to stop Ohio State's yeah, offense? Yeah, like they have two first round pits on that defensive line. You can cause problems with that. 38 31. Okay. 38 31. I think it's going to be close as well. I will say, I think. Rabs, we might be due for the old Jim Jimmy Pucker. We might be we might be in. For oh, I love it, dude! I uh, see. I, I hate I Ohio State. I hate, I hate Ohio State, this game but because we're Michigan State guys, and we honestly don't get it. Like to be fair, like I I'll never understand like their thing. The last like fifteen, I just I don't know. I might as well hold my tongue here because I normally get a bunch of shit for my Michigan buddies. Michigan, Michigan Ohio State game. The last 15 years has been the most overrated thing of all time. Yeah, and, I like, agree. I, I just, I don't know. I just, there's been like three good games over the last like 15 years. Other than that, Ohio State either wins by like two touchdowns or Michigan's like not even good that year. So I, I, and I don't know. That's a good point, Collins. That's all I got. It's, I, it was like the best rivalry ever, like from the 70s to the 90s. I get that. I just, I hate how people just see it's like, the game cool yeah it has gone from it has gone from the game to a game that happens i just i we don't have to act like it's gonna be a huge game next week and guess what that's great for this rivalry i hope that continues because i do enjoy watching this game on noon 
right after Thanksgiving on that Saturday. I do. I'm just, we also can not act like this has been the best rivalry to last like 15 years. It's fine. We can do both of that. Like Auburn, Alabama has been historically better, which is fine. We're all like, I don't think Michigan or Ohio state fans would get upset about that. I'm just saying we don't have to act like this is like this cathedral, like Catholic event, like every Saturday, like every single one of these games has been good. There's been like three good games in 15 years. So I don't know. I'm sorry. All right. Well, with that being said, we will wrap up today's Motown rundown. Uh, That is all for Trent Bally, Ryan Collins, and myself, Ryan Rabinowitz. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Motown underscore rundown. Submit your questions, comments, concerns, all that good stuff. We're also on Facebook at the Motown rundown page. Uh, Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do over there. Uh, We appreciate it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope everyone has a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy with your family, and we will see you next week.